0: This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. Welcome to episode number 14, December 11, 2018 welcome guys i hope you had a great beginning to your week and these past couple days we had a lot going on in sports Well, first of all i want to start with this <sighs> i hate the new york giants for sitting odell beckham jr why because you guys cost me a fantasy win man in the playoffs my first playoff game i lost by exactly 10 points and i'm sure odell would have got me 10 points Hey, that's the life of when you play fantasy, man And shout out to the rest of you who won Those of you who lost, well, there's always next year This week is a few topics that uh, I believe that uh, you guys would be very interesting and wanted to hear about I want to begin with uh, Colin Kaepernick You guys think he has a collusion case? I think he absolutely does And especially what we heard about the Washington Redskins and how they went about that I also want to talk about this week about Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, the final game in Los Angeles. It was an absolute masterpiece of a game. LeBron James was huge, as usual. We don't expect any different. And I also want to talk about the playoff positioning in the NFL and that, how that is going to play out for the rest of the season. And what we should expect in the MVP race, Rookie of the Year. You know, who who is coming out on top. So it's a lot going on and a lot we're going to need to cover. And before we begin, guys, remember, remember, if you haven't subscribed, if you just got here through a friend, if you heard him or her telling you to listen to this podcast, I appreciate all the support. I appreciate all the the uh the advice and all the reviews that have been given. It it helped me out a lot. So, with no further ado, guys, let's just get right into it. With what are you talking about, bro? Huh? What are you talking about, man? What? (laughs) Bro, what are you talking about, man? NFL, Colin Kaepernick, he's not gonna go away anytime soon, and especially after this week, with what the Washington Redskins pulled. So let's let's just do a little English class today. Collusion. What does that mean? It's a noun. It's a secret or illegal corporation or conspiracy, especially in order to cheat or deceive others. Did the Washington Redskins deceive us? Are they deceiving NFL fans? NFL management? Did they? They absolutely did, in my opinion. You have Mark Sanchez to a back-off to Colt McCoy. And you have Josh Johnson, who last threw an NFL pass in 2011. But wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wasn't the reason why Colin Kaepernick couldn't get a job is the fact that uh, the NFL wanted to put its best product on the field? Okay, so if Josh Johnson's last pass was in 2011, don't you think he's not fit to be in an NFL team seven years later in 2018? Mark Sanchez. Do you know what Mark Sanchez's numbers are? For the last two seasons since 2016, the last game Colin Kaepernick played in comparison to Mark Sanchez, Mark Sanchez is averaging 65 yards a game and a QBR of 27. Okay? A 27 QBR. But yet, I must believe that the NFL is trying to put his best foot forward and try to put his best product on the field. But yet, Colin Kaepernick, who last threw a pass in 2016, has a QBR of... 49.5, which is above average, and he had a 90.7 QB rating, and he was averaging 186 yards a game. Granted, back then, the San Francisco 49ers had a great running game, so he didn't have to pass the ball as much. My point being is, Colin Kaepernick is better than Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, and Josh Johnson combined, and yet he doesn't have a job. So this whole idea that the Redskins was trying to put their best foot forward and trying to uh, Offer Colin Kaepernick a job, it's a lie. That's an absolute lie. But listeners, this is what's the important thing, okay? NFL teams just keep fumbling the ball in their own end zone. Meaning, the notion and skill or age of experience that keeps Colin Kaepernick away from the NFL fell away. It just fell away this week when Washington signed Mark Sanchez to back up Colt McCoy. Neither player led his team to the Super Bowl, unlike Colin Kaepernick. Neither objectively approach the game of football as if they care, but Colin Kaepernick does. Okay, sure, Colin Kaepernick, he's not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, but for sure he's 10 tiers above Mark Sanchez and Nate Peterman for that matter, okay? And probably why that's perhaps Yahoo reported on Monday that Kaepernick is willing to play for the Washington Redskins regardless of anything, because guess what? He loves the game, and plus, it just adds another layer To this collusion lawsuit against the NFL. (laughs) Let me tell you something man. Colin Kaepernick. In my opinion. Has an absolute case right now against collusion. Because come on guys. Let's think about this logically. Alright. Forget what Colin Kaepernick did. Collusion. As it explained in the dictionary. Is when you're trying to deceive people. Or try to hold the conspiracy against someone. For them not to get a job. For them not to uh, meet somebody you don't want them to meet. That you, you conspire Against them. And that's against the law. And the NFL for the past two years. It doesn't matter what excuse any team comes up with. The number one reason is always. Ah we want to put the best product. Yeah Colin Kaepernick hasn't played in a while. Sure but Josh Johnson who hasn't thrown a pass in seven years. Is on a team. That just makes you look bad. And now Colin Kaepernick really. Really really has a case. And that looks really bad. Now if you want to talk about. NFL teams saying well. Oh, well, it's bad for business. Okay, well, Nike didn't seem like it was bad for business. Matter of fact, as Nike released that infamous Colin Kaepernick just do it commercial on the Monday night game, Nike's stock went up almost 10%, however the stock market was. It went up by 10 points, I'd say, rather. Right away, right when the commercial came out, it went up. So, if Nike can profit from it, the NFL making up these excuses that It's bad for business. It's tomfoolery. Or like (laughs) Shannon Sharp liked to say. It's just pure nonsense. And it's not okay. And I'm not down for that, man. If I'm an avid NFL watcher. Before this whole Colin Kaepernick thing, I was just into football. And I still am into football. But for you to lie to me in both ways and try to tell me that you're trying to put your best product on the field and every week I have to watch Mark Sanchez and Josh Johnson and Nate Petterman and and absolutely other quarterbacks that I don't even know their name just because you don't want to deal with what Colin Kaepernick's dealt with. Let me remind you of something, guys, and especially NFL. Do you know how many guys are on rosters right now that are committing domestic abuse? You guys remember what he did to Ray Rice? Because he was on video, you took him out of the league. Kareem Hunt is in jeopardy of not being in the league again because the video was shown. But that makes me question, like I said last week, if that video wasn't shown, it's hard for me to believe that the NFL couldn't find the tape. TMZ can find the tape, but you can find the tape? It seems like the NFL protect domestic abusers. They protect men that abuse women. That's just what it seems like to me. But yet a guy who took a stand... For our constitution You keep them without a job So yes What's coming to you now Is going to come hard Because it absolutely looks like Collusion is on the table Because there's no way The Washington Redskins Bold Lie To our face They just lie to everyone's face Talking about We call Colin Kaepernick And some reports days later Are saying Well Colin Kaepernick His phone never rang so are you guys just trying to use his name now? Just to save face? To say, oh well, you know, just to justify putting Mark Sanchez and Josh Johnson on the field, you're gonna say, Oh well, we call Colin Kaepernick, but you know, ah we just couldn't come to terms. Really? Is that is that what we come to now? Colin Kaepernick deserves better than this. And NFL, you deserve that lawsuit that's coming to you. And I hope <laughs> I hope Colin Kaepernick wins. Because I I, for one, I'm not going to stand for the fact that it's okay for the NFL to lie, but the rest of us, we just need to sit there and take it like we're some set of idiots. Nah, man. It's not going to go down like that. That don't make any sense. This week has been one of those weeks where a lot of light bulbs turned on in my head. And after last night watching the, uh, the Lakers in the Miami Heat, watching Dwayne Wade and LeBron James being on the court for the final time in their career, made me realize something that I, was, that I didn't even know I was confused about. Why is it in this new NBA that everybody's friends with each other and everybody can be buddy-buddy, and back in the day that wasn't a thing like that? That's what I'm a bit confused about, man. Dwayne, du- You can see how Dwayne Wade and LeBron James really loved each other. After that game, they embraced each other. Miami Heat lost 108-105. It was an amazing game. You know, LeBron played amazing, as usual. The Lakers, you know, were hitting their shots when they needed to. But what was the highlight of the night was just seeing the camaraderie and the real friendship that LeBron and Wade have together. You no, Dwayne Wade. It's his final season. He announced it. It's his final hurrah. And for those of us who loved and hated, hated him rather, man, Dwayne Wade had unquestionably a Hall of Fame career. I remember 2005, 2006, when the Miami Heat won their first championship. Dwayne Wade was the absolute reason why they won that. And just a reminder for those of you who haven't seen Dwayne Wade in his prime, this man for his career is averaging 22.3 points a game. 5.5 assists, 4.7 rebounds, 1.6 steals. But in but in his 15 seasons in Miami, where I consider him to be, of course, the second greatest shooting guard after Kobe Bryant in his era, Dwayne Wade absolutely dominated. The season they won the championship, he averaged 27.7 assists, six rebounds, and two steals in a block a game. <laughs> That's amazing. That's when Shaq had just left prime. Kobe Bryant. To go play with Dwayne Wade and then won the championship. Dwayne Wade, you know, I can I can remember that commercial where he said you get knocked down seven times, you get up eight times. He's called the Flash for a reason, man. He was so fast. He was quick. He can move with with pace. He can shoot the mid-range. He, he can get to the basket, posterize folks. He was a great free throw shooter. He was amazing in the clutch. And not a lot of people can relate to that. Their talent level is not that high. But what was more important to Wade, you can tell, is the friendship he garnered off the court. Wade and LeBron, if you can remember, they were drafted together in the 2003 draft. To me, one of the greatest draft classes of all time. Uh, you had miller chick LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. Yeah, to, just to name the the highlight of this class. Man. But the friendship is what really matters. Over the years, obviously we know LeBron went to Miami to pursue his championship dreams. And the guy that was along his side... Along all the criticisms, with all the ups and downs with Dwayne Wade, and to me that's something that's important because in this day and air, day and age that we live in now, in this era that we live in now, friendships do matter because it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to fall into temptations to do things that you you don't necessarily would do. Look at these guys, for instance. We're not. Most of us are not as rich as these guys, or never will be as rich. These guys have wives. They have girlfriends. They have everything they want big houses, big cars. They make millions of dollars. So it's easily, easily they can get distracted. And those friendships is what keep them afloat. And overdoing Wade's career, he was exemplary. I've never heard of Wade getting in any type of uh, off court issues. I've never heard of him getting into uh, any type of altercations or in trouble or anything like that. Just like any professional athlete that's in the spotlight. You always find something in the past. But it was never anything crazy that we found about Wade. And to me, it was an amazing moment. It was an absolute thrill. For five minutes, just to see Wade and LeBron embrace each other at the end of the the, the game. And just looking each other in the eyes and appreciating what they did for each other over the years. I'm sure this friendship is going to go on forever. Um, I'm sure... Um, they're going to continue loving each other and their families, but you might ask me now for you listeners that are listening, you might say, well, why is this so important? Because this is, this is the confusing part here, right? Back in the day, in the eighties and the nineties, when basketball was considered to be more competitive, these guys, they were, they were quote unquote friends off the court, but on the court, they were, they were competitors, and in this era, it's a bit different. You can tell they can buddy buddy on the court, and you're the buddy buddy off the court. And from the outside looking in, it seems as if uh, the players don't care as much anymore. They care more about their brand. They care more about how their money is made. But I, I, I would want to dispute that. That is not that is not the case at all. And again, if you see the relationship LeBron and Wade have. It's as if you're chilling with your boy in the backyard that you knew since you were three or four. That's what that felt like to me. and That's what it seemed like to me. And that translates immensely into a locker room. When you have friends that play together, when you have that camaraderie, when you have that brother-like mentality, things go easier on the basketball court. It's not a coincidence that the Miami Heat, after LeBron left, after Bosh was diagnosed with his uh, condition and he couldn't play anymore, that the the Miami Heat slowly started to deteriorate. They were still an okay basketball team, but they're not doing as great. You know, Dwayne Wade even spoke about the fact that he felt alone at times. LeBron said that as well. LeBron went on after Miami. He went back to Cleveland. Dwayne Wade went to Chicago. Then he went to Cleveland to meet up with LeBron again. I mean, it didn't necessarily work out, but you can tell that friendship was there. You know, LeBron was making moves to get Wade where he wanted him to be. But LeBron also made the move from Cleveland to make sure Wade was able to go back to Miami. That's what real friends do. It doesn't matter what goes on on the court. It doesn't matter what happens in between the lines. It's what happens off the court. What do you do for me to keep me going? What do you do for me to keep me out of trouble? What do I do for you as a friend to allow you to have the best career possible? I'm sure we might think, yes, these off-court conversations, these off-court gatherings don't do anything for a psyche, but it absolutely does. That is what helps players to make it through the points of their career where they feel the worst. Right now, Dwayne, Dwayne is not what he used to be 10 years ago, 11 years ago. We can tell he's not. But it's the love for the game and the friendship he has with LeBron and Chris Bosh and whoever else he has in the NBA that's keeping him going and you can see that joy and fulfillment you can hear it in his voice last night when he talked about lebron when he talked about his journey in the nba and as a and as a sports fan and especially an nba fan i appreciate even though i hated doing wait for so many years because he was just carving my team up he he lived his nba life and i was appreciative to see that friendships are still going and that's something that we should cherish as well man and salute to you, Dwayne Wade. We're going to miss you when we retire. But hey, that's why YouTube exists. We can always go back and look at those highlights, and especially against the Dallas Mavericks when you should have never got those free throws, bro. But we appreciate you. Here's By the Numbers. This is your Stats of the Day. I don't know about you guys, but this is my part of the show that I love, absolutely love. And the number this week for stat of the day is 368. Back in 2010-2011, Tom Brady set the NFL mark for most completed passes without an interception with 358. And this past week, against the Atlanta Falcons, the greatest quarterback of all time in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers, just set a new record and counting for completing 368 passes without an interception. Man, and that, it was pretty close, though. It was pretty close because uh Deion Jones almost intercepted Aaron Rodgers up in the second quarter on a, on a pass attempt. And it was... uh <laughs> I knew about the record, and while I was watching the game, you know, I was like, hmm, drop that ball, please. And Deion Jones dropped it. It was a bad pass by Aaron, granted. Yeah, it should have been intercepted. But that's what happens on these type of records. You have to get a little lucky and uh, that's what happened to Aaron. Aaron Rodgers came into that game needing 22 pass attempts without a pick to tie Tom Brady. And the drop interception by Deion Jones in the second quarter was his 16th pass in the game. So Aaron Rodgers finished the game and his streak currently is at 368 like I mentioned. That's a very long streak, man. <laughs> if you watch football for a long time, you know that quarterbacks have to make different passes down the field, up the field. They, they have to take chances. And when you take chances, sometimes you get intercepted. And uh Aaron Rodgers came into the game with the NFL record for best pass, touchdown, interception ratio for four to one. That's ridiculous. This man for every four touchdowns he throws one interception. That's career. That's 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 ridiculous. And to have another record where you're throwing plus three hundred passes for a season and you haven't been intercepted yet, that's an amazing record, man. So Kudos to Aaron Rodgers to once again heating up the debate as to who's the greatest quarterback of all time. Tom Brady won up him seven years ago, and now he won up Brady and counting this season. So, to me, this debate will never end. But kudos, Aaron, you did your thing. The Packers won that game. Mathematically, they might still be in the playoff. But let's see what Aaron does for the last three games of the season. Keep it in context, Billy. Tell the whole story. Ah, man. So this week in keeping it in context, man, you guys know for the new listeners, um, we usually take this segment and we talk about something that people tend to misconstrue or don't put in full terms. And I feel like during the NFL season, a lot of us forget the implications of winning certain games early, middle, and late in the season. And this past week was a very good example of what I'm about to talk about. We all know the Miami miracle that happened over the past weekend. The New England Patriots lost to the Miami Dolphins on a desperado play, like they like to call it, what most teams call it. Uh, you put out your Hail Mary package. The other team needs a touchdown to score. So all the only option you give them is for them to throw the ball in the end zone. And that's not what happened in Miami. They kept throwing the ball back. The Patriots had people back there that were offensive players and now we can see why they're offensive players Rob Gronkowski as to why he doesn't play defense (laughs) he had to tackle Drake the running back for the Miami Dolphins in open space and that never happened and Miami won the game on a desperate play now that changes everything in the AFC playoff picture why because at the same time that game was going on the Chiefs were 14 seconds away from losing the game against the Ravens They kicked the field goal. Tied the game. Won the toss. Went to overtime. And won the game. Now that avoided the Chiefs. Even though they started the season amazing. They were literally seconds away. It's a game of inches. Like they say. They were inches and seconds away from losing their number one spot. Which they have been working hard for the entire season. To the New England Patriots. Had the Patriots just played better defense obviously. And. They avoided this. The Chiefs did. Avoided losing the first seed. They keep home field advantage. And all they have to do now is win their home game against the Chargers on Thursday night. And this is who they have left. Obviously the Chargers Thursday night. Then they have Seattle the next week. And then they have Oakland. And I'll say the way the Chiefs are playing right now. Only one game is guaranteed. And that's against the Oakland Raiders. Because the Chargers are not no walkouts either. There's just no walkovers. You just don't walk over them. So... That is what changed in 14 seconds in the NFL. Now, for the Patriots, if they had won the game and the Chiefs had lost their game, obviously you know what would have happened. The Patriots would have now been the number one seed in the AFC, even though they started with that horrible record at the beginning of the season. And they would have had home field advantage because they beat the Chiefs in their home matchup on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago. But as of right now, Chiefs are number one. Patriots are number two in the AFC, and the Texans, who would have thought? The Texans, they started what, 0 and 4, and they reeled off nine straight wins? Huh. That's, that's, wow. That's amazing. I never, I never predicted the Texans to be anywhere near this. But, like I said at the beginning, this is why we all watch the NFL, because you never know who's going to come out on top. And,. Losing to the Colts this past week, this is what changes. Houston blew a big chance to put the division all out of reach and to catch New England. But this is who they have next, though. They have the Jets next, win. They're going to play at Philly, which is win, I think. And they play against Jacksonville, which is another win. So potentially, the Texans can finish, finish the season 12-4. and four. This is who the Patriots have next. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, the Jets. If the Patriots lose any of those games, because I think their schedule is a bit easier than the Texans. It looks like on paper, but I think if the Patriots lose against Pittsburgh and the Texans win against the Jets and Philly, which I expect them to do, I think they're going to have that number two seed and a bye in the playoff. And that changes everything, everything in the playoffs. And that's absolutely insane for the AFC because a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the Chiefs just dominating that entire conference. And... Two, three weeks later, we're talking about a different scenario. Now, we're talking about the NFC. Remember the Rams who were running over everybody and the Saints were sneaking up on them? Well, guess what? Remember that that game against the Saints and the Rams, which was uh, an absolute monster of a game, which the Saints won? That now has playoff implications and that now changes everything in the NFC. Because now, the Saints are in the driver's seat. They started rough against the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Panthers haven't played well for the past couple of weeks. They lost their game. The the Tampa Bay gave the Saints a scare at the beginning of the game this past weekend, but they still end up winning. And the Saints, like I said, now they're in the driver's seat. The Rams, (laughs) the Rams have taken care of their division. They don't have to worry about anybody. But right now, they're really absolutely being exposed. And we saw what happened to them against the Bears on Sunday night. Whew. Now they put themselves in a position where the best they can be is the number two seed and they lose home field advantage. And that's quite important because home field in the playoffs absolutely matters. This is who the Saints have next. The Carolina Panthers, which are reeling, they're probably gonna win that. Then they have the Pittsburgh Steelers. They might win that too. Then they have the Panthers again. I think the Saints are gonna win out. They're gonna end the season fourteen and two and they'll have home field throughout the playoffs. The Rams, they play Philly, Arizona, San Francisco. I think two of those wins are guaranteed based on how the Rams are playing. They might lose to Philly. I'm not sure, but that changes everything. But on the other end, the Bears still have a divisional game against Green Bay, San Francisco, and they play Minnesota. They have two divisional games, rather. So Against Green Bay, I think they're most likely going to win because they're playing at home. Green Bay hasn't been playing well all season. San Francisco, I think they're going to run over them. And Minnesota... In Minnesota, that's going to be an interesting game because because the Vikings just lost to the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, which put a dent in their playoff hope. So Minnesota has to absolutely win out in order for them to even sniff the playoffs just because of their loss Monday night. So to put everything in context for you guys to understand. So why, why was it so important for me to mention the standings in the AFC, who's on top and who's not? It just makes you understand that sometimes we watch these games on a week-to-week basis and we forget how important these games are. You might watch a game in week two and say, "Ah, eh, it's not that important we're just catching our groove. But that one game can cause you to not make the playoffs. And you're probably a miserable fan if your team don't make it. As a, as a Green Bay fan, like I always say every week, that game against Minnesota where Clay Matthews got that ridiculous rough-in-the-passer that I still think is not rough-in-the-passer, that cost us a tie. And that tie, they say theoretically, is like a win. No, it is not, especially when it's this close. When you have three games left and you mathematically have to win out and hope that other teams lose, that one game can cause you to miss the playoffs. So it's important to realize that as a fan, when you watch your team play, watch every game like it's a playoff game. Root for them. I know they can't hear you on the TV screen, but root for them to win these games because if not, you're going to end up like the Minnesota Vikings. You're going to end up like the Green Bay Packers. You're going to end up like the Kansas City Chiefs. Being fourteen seconds away from losing your first place when you've been playing well the entire season. But the beauty of it is, unlike any other league, is that the game of ventures is what matters. You have to play well every game. You have to bring your A game every week. And that's what makes it beautiful. And that's why in the NFL, when certain players underperform, we always question it. Dude, you only get sixteen tries at this. So bring your best. And let's see what happens from there, man. But right now, for all the teams that are left in the playoff hunt, I wish you luck because, man, (laughs) it's going to be a fun ride these last three weeks in the NFL. Ah, man, like I said, every week, every week I have fun doing this for you guys. You know, I I get a good release, you know, just talking about these sports and, you know. Helping you guys understand what went on in the past week in sports. But before I let you guys go, there's an, uh, a quick update I want to give you guys. Today, Tuesday, December 11. we have a few marquee games. In football, football, the UEFA Champions League, Liverpool versus Napoli. Then we have Barcelona versus Tottenham Hotspurs. These teams got to play to make it to the next round of the UEFA Champions League. That's in football and, of course, tonight in NBA. I don't know when you're listening to this, but as of this recording, it will be tonight. 8 p.m., the Portland Trail Blazers will be playing the Houston Rockets in a marquee matchup between the Toronto Raptors and the LA Clippers. You don't want to miss those games. So, before I let you guys know, again, I appreciate the support and I appreciate all the love. But for right now, Man signing out. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.